Let's turn over the book of Acts. That's the next book to the right here in the Gospel by John. Turn to chapter 14. How important is creation? Well, it seems to be the content of the Gospel message when the apostles went out. We find in Acts 14 that when Paul approached pagan people, he gave them a creation message. Look at verse 15 of Acts 14. Saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men. They were trying to sacrifice and worship the apostles. And he says, we're the same nature as you. We preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God. Who is the living God? Look at this. End of verse 15. Who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all the things that are in them. He says the living God is the creator God. He is the one who made the heavens and the earth. He made it all. He made the seas and all the creature in them. He personally created them. Turn to chapter 17. When he gets to a group of total pagan people that are total idolatrous pagans. Brilliant, but lost and in the dark. What message does he give them? Verse 24 of chapter 17. He says, The God who made the world and all things in it. That's the completeness. See, we, part of being a creationist is that you believe that God completely made everything. He did not allow things to kind of go their own way through the process of, of chance and necessity and mutation and selection and isolation and death, which is the core of evolution. He completely made everything. He didn't let them kind of become something. He made them. He fashioned them. And we believe that he made them instantly. It says, at his word they came forth. At the word of the Lord the mountains came forth. At the word of the Lord the stars appeared. At the word of the Lord he spoke them into existence. That's the instantaneous creation. And then he did it recently. Why, why did the Jews not have to be reminded of that? Because they already knew it. They believed the books of Moses. They believed that in didactic form, Genesis 1 and 2 present the teaching explanation of where we came from. So the pagans had to be brought up to speed. And that's why in verse 24 of chapter 17, he says, He made the world, all things in it. Why is that so important? Since he is Lord of heaven and earth. Only the one who made everything can be Lord of heaven and earth because they come from him. They don't come from chance. They don't come from mutation. They don't come from natural processes. They come from divine origination. Therefore, verse 24 says, he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. And then look at this. He, verse 27, if you seek after the Lord, this creator, and hope and grope for him, you'll find him. See, it's only if you reach out after that creator that you can find him. Well, look at Colossians. That's another letter. Keep going to the right. It goes Acts, Romans, then 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 1. Here's another thing that the scriptures tell us. Talking about Christ, Colossians 1 verse 16. For by him, that's by Jesus Christ... All things were created. That's, we believe he completely created this universe, both in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have, created, have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He holds everything together. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that before the creation there was nothing, and God made everything from nothing. And he did that Instantly, completely, and recently. Uh, keep going past Colossians, past the Thessalonians to Hebrews chapter 1. 
It goes Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, chapter 1. And look at verse 10. And you, Lord, in the beginning, that harkens back to Genesis 1-1, laid the foundation of the earth. You didn't let it distill out of a gas cloud. You didn't let it slowly... Uh, precipitate out of some mass. He says, you personally laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Wow. How did that happen? Turn to chapter 11. See, all the way through, this is, this is cover to cover in the Bible. And, and the last several five weeks, we've looked at all the Old Testament passages. Now we're just looking at some of the New Testament ones. But Hebrews 11.3 tells us about the instantaneous nature of creation. And this is what it says, By faith we understand that the worlds, that's the cosmos, that's all that's out there, including where we stand and everything else out in the universe, the worlds were framed by the Word of God. He spoke, and they were framed. He just spoke, and they took form. He spoke, as it says in Genesis 1.16, and the stars appeared. Remember I said that's an incredible verse. And he made the stars also. He just spoke them into existence and flung them out there, and they all took their spot in the universe astoundingly. But they were framed, verse, 11, or verse 3 of chapter 11 says, by the word of God, and then he made them from nothing. Look at this. So that the things which are seen, that's the visible universe, were not made of things which are visible. He did not use uh, matter that was in previously in existence that, that exploded out from somewhere and dissipate or, or uh, uh, distilled into something. He made everything from nothing instantly, completely, and recently. At least that's how the Bible presents it. Well, look at Revelation 14. How, how important is this? Well, this message that I'm sharing with you this morning, Revelation 14 tells us, starting in verse 6, is what God calls the eternal gospel, the everlasting gospel, the gospel that is never to change, that will exist forever. The everlasting gospel. What is the content of the everlasting gospel? Well, at the height of the tribulation hour, when the whole world is, is enmeshed, in fact, it's so bad, uh, before I read this, look, look at uh, chapter 16, uh, verse 9. I want to show you how bad it is at this moment when it happens, Just and I'll come back to 14.6. Revelation 16.9, men were scorched with a great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who had power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Look at verse 11. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. You see, these, these people, they're totally uh, unwilling to turn to God. Now, turn back to 14.6. During this time, all these plagues are coming. This angel is flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. What is the everlasting gospel? To preach to those who dwell on the earth. When God gets to broadcast something to the planet audibly, uh, and they can hear it, what does he say? Well, to those who dwell on the earth, every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. So it's every language, every ethnic group, every local uh, part of this globe. In a loud voice, this angel flying around the earth broadcasts, kind of like a... a, a uh, satellite low earth orbit, only he's even lower, and he is loudly preaching. And this is what he's saying. Fear God. Wow, what does fear God mean? 
means acknowledge that he is, and it means to respond to knowing that he's there. What is the last verse of Ecclesiastes? Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every work into judgment, whether it be good or evil. Fear God. Okay, so we need to fear God. That means reverentially acknowledge he's there. Give glory to him. How do we glorify God? By, by acknowledging that, that he is worthy of our glory and that, that he is more important than we are and that we yield to him. He is our creator. That's all part of giving him glory. And look at this. For the hour of his judgment has come. And here's the last element God wants. He wants fear, he wants glory, and he wants worship. Worship him. Who do we worship? The one who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Fear, glorify, and worship your creator. That is the gospel. And, and Paul says in Acts 17, if you will say, creator, I want to know you, that he will reveal himself. He will have his word come to you through a servant, through a messenger, through means God uses. He will bring the word to every creature that seeks after their creator. 